It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. Hit Our Music is a weekly All Elite Wrestling podcast brought to you by LevelDownGames.com. I'm Brian, and with me this evening, it is, of course, Dan. What is going on, everybody? What is going on, man? It's been a really, really challenging... How many days has it been? Five? Saturday? Um, the 26th? We found out about this? Yeah, so, I found out. So, um, so roughly five days? Yeah. It's um, been a challenging five days. It's it's going to be an unusual type of show. Um, I'm not going to promote anything. I'm not going to... We're not going to do the rundown. Uh, we're, we're just here to continue the celebration of life that AEW put on tonight for Dynamite for uh, for Brody Lee, real name John Huber, who tragically passed away on December 26th from a non-COVID-related lung illness. Um, we're not sure, obviously, what that illness was. The, the family is, is super private and, 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 you know, what most people are are respecting their privacy that that do know. And that's the first thing that I want to start off with here before we really talk about Dynamite tonight is that just last week or maybe two weeks ago, I can't remember exactly what episode of, of this podcast that we talked about it. But you and I were wondering where Brody Lee was. We, did. we were wondering we what was going it. on. We we were curious to you pointing out that he hadn't actually been active on Twitter since October. And we would later find out the reason why is that yeah. he had been in the hospital since yeah. like mid to late October with with a with a lung illness. And um, that would explain that. But it, it's just crazy that, you know, a couple of weeks ago we were we were talking about this and then I didn't even know I was out at a at a Christmas party with Jessica, with some friends, you were streaming on Twitch. With I your was wife. when I found out. Yeah, you you had messaged me that uh, I messaged you. You, 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 you were blowing up you. my phone, actually. I was, you, I was because... going to say you were you were blowing up my phone. And I'm glad you did. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't mad. I don't know that I responded to you right away. You did um, because I was at a party and I was pretty yeah. inebriated. But yeah. I um I, I'm glad that you did, because it is something that I wanted to know right away. And man, I, I think the reason and I've had some time to think about this since Saturday, I think the reason why this one is is hurting so much and why it is affecting so many people. It's been 15 years since we've had something like this to where someone that's on our television screens every single week, someone that's so involved in professional wrestling every single week. You know, sure, there were times where he wasn't being utilized correctly in WWE, but you know, AEW really captured lightning in a bottle with this exalted one gimmick. And, you know, he especially on BTE, which if you missed this week's oh episode, God, the yeah. tribute to him on this, go check that out. But they really highlighted and, and they said it tonight. I, I don't remember was it Jericho? I think it may have been Jericho that said he proved what everybody knew all along is that he could be a main event guy. Yeah, I think it was Jericho that was saying that. And I think that's why this is hurting so much, because you think back the last time we really dealt with this was Chris Benoit before we found out what happened to Chris Benoit. Uh, exactly so so if you details. if you scratch him from memory, because let's be honest, Dan, even though he did what he did. We didn't know about that when Monday Night Raw went on the air and had no. that Chris Benoit tribute show. Yeah. So that that was one of the saddest fucking things ever. But before that was Eddie Guerrero. And then, of course, before that was Owen Hart. We're really the only times that that something like this ha has really, really shook up the wrestling world. Yeah. Um, 
it, it, it's been it's been rough. I didn't uh, believe it um, when um, uh, Big Boss had came into my uh, chat while I was streaming and had told me if I had heard, and I said no. And even when he told me, I I didn't believe it. And, you know, me and my wife were sitting here playing, and I looked at her. I was like, you know, like holy shit, Brody Lee's passed away. And she's like, no. I was like, yeah. I, I, I actually mean, went I, back and I went back and and watched that VOD because I usually do. I usually put your stuff up like when I'm working, like just to give you a view or you know just like a channel view or something. And I appreciate that and uh when, when that moment she's like no and like starts checking on her phone while you start yeah. like i think yeah, grabbed your I phone mean, and probably messaged me right away that's probably what you I, were doing i, right I did because i messaged you i was like you know what this is too this isn't uh this isn't facebook messenger worthy i need to text him you know because i had your number from when we were doing and that's not something and- that that's not something that like somebody would come in and hey dan guess what joking around so and so passed away like that's not usually something that someone would fuck around about so correct no and, and big boss you know i know him as a streamer and i knew he wouldn't come in and you know troll so i definitely appreciate him coming in and, and letting me know that um you know because uh i mean i you know i did grow up and i watched wwe but i i um before i really didn't I, there was a few years where i stopped watching wwe just because of um this you know before this is when we had vcrs and that was the only way to record it and that was a pain in the ass uh you know when i was living on my own so like the Eddie Guerrero, like, you know, with him passing away and all that stuff, like, I wasn't really, like, I knew about it, but, like, I wasn't really in depth with WWE, like, around that time. Like, I was still following, like, as much as I could, but, like I said, I, you know, I was just out of high school, you know, I was living on my own, a VCR to record, you know, whatever. First world problems. Um, so, this, this, uh, you know, with, with Brody Lee, it just, it hits a little bit um, uh, differently, and it's really, I, I don't typically let, like, you know, like, celebrity, you know, death and stuff um kind of affect me and this really has i think just because of you know uh we we do this podcast every wednesday we we love uh aew and we love seeing guys get uh opportunities um and he you know it, it feels like um something was was taken so soon a, a guy finally coming into his own you know that has worked and you know busted his ass and uh it just it, it just it was just it was just a punch in the gut um and it's really because we follow this so much um you know and you just you were rooting for the guy because you knew the talent was there and we got to see it because we talk about it uh every wednesday um so it's just it, it's hitting on a whole new level for me it's something that we forget about when we sit here behind our computer screens or behind our TV screens or behind our microphones or behind our phones or whatever the fuck you're sitting behind. But it's something that we forget. These guys are just people, man. They're just normal people like us and they're doing a job, but yeah, they're all they friends. They're they family. Yeah. And and seeing all the stories come out about oh you know, God, how dude. how amazing of a person Brody Lee was, you know, both backstage and in his personal life. There's been some really touching things to read from co-workers, from, you know, past co-workers. You look at all the guys in WWE still tweeting stuff out. Uh, a lot of these stories have, have been really, really helpful in terms of grieving over the past five days and, you know, getting to remember and really just appreciate everything that he gave to the industry and 41 years old, man, that that's so young. I mean, that's yeah. five years, five yeah. years from you, six years from me. Yeah, like, exactly. you know, you're, you're 36. I'm going to be 35 here next month. Like we're not that far away and life, life is not fair. And it's just, man, it's just not fair. 
Uh, it's it's not, and uh, you know, I we 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 have both talked at least on the Level Down Games podcast about you know that sometimes we have you know bad days. Um, oh yeah, I'm I, I I just talked to you about it before we started recording. I'm just started some new medicine this week, and it's really affecting me. It's you know it, it's always nice uh, you know to check in to check in with people. Um, you know even if it's if, even if it's just a hey, you know if you haven't talked to a friend or something, family member, you know, in in a, in a few few days weeks you know it, it never the technology we have it takes two seconds to just shoot out you know hey how you doing um and and you know doing this podcast and you know you bringing me into the level down games uh you know uh, website and you know doing the podcast and writing reviews and and me streaming it, it's something that i that has brought me um you know out of the 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 demons that i had suffered through because you know i, I because i let life overwhelm me you know i was working long hours and and just, uh, you know, I was not the person, uh, not somebody that was proud to be, um, you know, my wife, you know, um, for being by my side, you know, and, and helping me get through it and figure out, you know, things to make me happy. You know, she's been, you know, support. So it, it is like, like it's times like, and I think that's why, you know, I get so emotional, especially watching this episode is because, you know, it, life is short and, you know, tomorrow's never guaranteed. And, and you got to just, you know, just live, just live your life because it, it, like you said, He's, he was 41 you know and it's just just life's short man life is short and just it, it, there's you know just there, there's people out there that care about you you know and if you need to talk to somebody do it yeah definitely so this was a tough dynamite this was, was. A, a hard one to sit through not because of the in-ring action but because of all of the emotions that were running high throughout the entire night so we're just going to kind of like just recap, I guess, really what what AEW put on for us tonight. Um, I, I appreciated that they started the show out with the ten bell salute, with you know as as they often do sometimes when a, when a wrestler passes away with the entire roster out there. Uh, his wife Amanda, two kids Brody Jr. and the youngest one I think is was it Nolan? I, I think, I think so, Nolan yeah. Nolan Rhino and Brody Gorilla is what they yeah. kept calling them. So I don't know Correct. if that's actually their real like their middle names or not. If it is, that's really fucking cool. Uh, yeah, it was really cool having them out there and and having Brody junior ringside with Alan angels number five from the dark order the entire night uh was was a really really cool thing and you know this was supposed to be our night one of new year's smash which got pushed back to next week january 6th so then night two is now on the 13th of january but this was still a live show they had a fairly large crowd there they they mentioned on commentary the largest one that they've had post pandemic so that was really cool to see all these people coming out i, I imagine a lot of them were coming out to pay their respects to brody lee of I, I, assu- I assume they sold a lot of tickets probably earlier this week probably, um, yeah. but but i also I, i'm also glad that they gave people time throughout the show to discuss their stories like Moxley at the beginning. Um, you know, you know, they had that really awesome video package about him and his wife where a bunch of people talked. Arn Anderson was in that one. Um, who else? Colt Cabana, uh, yeah, Bryce Remsburg, the referee, Dax Harwood. Yeah. 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 Um, that was a really cool video package. Darby Allen had some really cool things to say about Brody yeah, Lee. He really wanted to wrestle him. You know, it's unfortunate. And he never got to like yeah. I, I when he said that, I looked oh, at Jessica. Yeah. I was like, fuck, man. Like, yeah. 
because he started out the package like he's you know when when I didn't really know and Darby's what twenty seven so he hadn't crossed paths with uh, with Brody yep. Lee yet because Brody had been in WWE for the past. I don't know, seven plus years before coming to WWE or before coming to AEW. So Darby, who's still really young and, you know, has never worked in WWE. Of course, he's never really crossed paths with him and never really got a chance to on the indie scene. So this was his first opportunity. And as soon as he saw him backstage, he's like, you know, I looked at that guy like I want to wrestle that guy. <laughs> and he's like, he'll, he'll be the one guy that I that I never got to. Yeah. And that man, that that sucks. God. It does. It does. That 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 hit me. Like I said, Darby definitely uh th- there were several moments tonight where I was tearing up. The the end video package definitely got to me. Me too. Um th- there was just there were some really cool moments and I'm glad that we were able to put everything on the shelf. We were able to kind of like look aside, look past everything for a night and, and just have some fun. And, and really go out there and, and celebrate his life, because that's what he would have wanted. If of you course. really like dive into these stories that these people are saying, if you if you really listen, if you really pay attention, uh, he loved the business and he would want it to go on. I mean, he wouldn't want it to come to a screeching halt or anything like that. So the fact that, you know, they they put on this amazing show. The fact that MJF was still MJF and flipped off his son during their match. That's what he would have wanted. Exactly. And I'm glad that they still did that stuff. Like I appreciated that. No, me, me as well. You know, MJF being MJF, you're right. Brody wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Um, I, I just, yeah, the whole, the whole, uh, episode was just, was, 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 was done very well. Uh, just uh, literally a hats off to Tony Khan, and the whole AEW team on uh, what they did, um, I thought it was great, um, and it was. There was a lot of uh, you know fighting back tears, and then just uh, you know as the night went on, and we got to see more of you know these these guys just talking one on one with the camera about Brody Lee, and uh, it, it got harder and harder to fight back the tears. Um, it, it was an emotional, a very emotional uh, episode, especially as like the night went on and the matches went on and you could really yeah. see the guys like, oh, yeah, y- you know, they're they, they do wear some sort of like, you know, some sometimes like powder on their face or that kind of stuff. You could tell like they had been crying and oh, yeah. their yeah, eyes John were Silver. super red. John After Silver, match, Adam like, Page, like a lot of guys had, you know, definitely tears yeah. in their eyes. And, and that was really hard to see. Um they opened the night with a there, there was mostly tag matches. I think it was all tag matches tonight, actually. Uh, it was Colt Cabana and the Young Bucks taking on Matt Hardy and Private Party. We're not going to really be critical on this episode. We're not really going to be diving in and like dissecting the wrestling. That's not what tonight was about. It was more about having fun again, celebrating the life of someone that deserves to be celebrated and, and really just highlighting everything that he did for the Dark Order and for AEW in his small time there. So when, you know, this match was presented, it was actually a good match. This was a good match. And, and I'm not and, and I will say, I think all of the matches tonight were actually fairly good, yeah. but um, we're not going to be ranking Dynamite tonight. We're not going to be given a star rating or anything like that. So we're just really talking about the, you know, Brody like everybody is. But this match was definitely fun. And I'm glad that this set the tone for the rest of the night because a majority of the focus was on Colt Cabana. Yeah, I mean, it was like he was very emotional. You know, when he came out, uh, he was fighting back some tears, you know, taking a few deep breaths in before that match started. Um, 
I, I think uh, it really affected him um, a lot. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, I kind of, I, I still, I, I kind of, you know, I, I like that we did this for the night, but I, I also like that they ki- still kind of kept, um, you know, some of like the storylines going on, like his, you know, Matt Hardy wanted to get the chair and all that stuff. So I, I kind of like that they, you know, that they were still keeping those relevant because again, you know, Brody would want the show to go on. Right. And after the match, you know, obviously uh, Colt Cabana and the Young Bucks pick up the victory. I'm glad that Colt Cabana was able to get the pinfall. And again, that set the tone for the rest of the yeah. night for mm-hmm. every single match. The member of the Dark Order or if there were multiple, one of the members of the Dark Order uh, got the pinfall in every single match tonight. So that was really cool to see. I had a feeling that they would do that, but I, it was cool to see it nonetheless. Uh, after the match, like you said, storyline's still going on. So that was kind of neat as well. The acclaimed came out, but they didn't really yeah. say anything because they nope. were quickly attacked by uh, by SCU. And that's set up an eight man tag coming up for New Year's Smash. So yeah. that's where that's yeah. going for right now. Yep. No, it was cool. It, like I said, I, they claim coming out, you know, I, I thought it was it was cool that they did that. And SCU stopping it. And yeah, setting up matches for, you know, the following weeks. Right. Uh, another six man tag match they did tonight was Eddie Kingston, the Butcher and the Blade taking on Evil Uno and Stu Grayson from the Dark Order and Lance Archer. We definitely are going to spend a few minutes talking about this one. I absolutely love the fact that Lance Archer came out dressed like Luke Harper. Dude, that that hit me, man. That that tugged on the heartstrings and even kind of just uh, talking about it right now. It's kind of, you know, bring it up, uh, bring it up some tears. Uh, I thought that was really fucking awesome. I probably and I, I probably should have say just because he, he dressed like that when he was on the indie scene before he came to WWE. So that was like the original Brody Lee character as well. And then he kept that look for Luke Harper in WWE. And then obviously that didn't fit for what he was trying to do with AEW. So uh changed up his look a little bit. But man, Lance Archer, almost a spitting image. Yes. He's, he's just as tall. Yeah. Uh, moves around somewhat similar and is also 41 years old, if I'm not mistaken. So like they, they're very similar in the ring. So it was really cool to see him paying respect like that. There was a moment after the match. Um, who was it that picked up the victory? It was uh, Stu Grayson. Was it Evil Uno? I think it was, no, it was uh, it, it was Uno. It was Uno that got the victory yeah. uh, because they hit fatality, which they haven't done in a while off yeah, the top. It's been a while. Since we we saw the uh, the references to Mortal Kombat coming back a little bit. But um, after the match, Archer was talking into one of the cameras on the turn, like on the ring posts and they cut away. Like, I, I wish they would have left it on there until he finished because yeah. he was he, he was talking about how uh, like, you know, he would always, you know, carry on the legacy and, you know, make sure that the family's taken care of. Like, I, I wish they would have left that on there for a little bit longer. But oh, well. Yeah, no, me as well, because, yeah, there was definitely a moment being had there. And then again, with him being dressed as, you know, Luke Harper and, and it was I thought it was one of the probably one of my favorite moments of the uh, the show. Um, and it's it, like I said, it, it really it kind of got me a little gut punched right there. I was like, oh, man, that that's so damn cool. We also need to mention Lance Archer walking the top rope and doing a moonsault off the top. Yes. Oh, my God. Insane. What an insane move. I want to see The Undertaker do that one. Come on now, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think Mark's got that in him anymore. Not anymore. But, uh, man, 
this this whole night was was super feel good and uh and, and i'm glad that we got to see things like that I, i'm glad that you know jake the snake uh did the, the short you know arm. the the short arm clothesline that you know Brody lee always did taking out eddie kingston i'm sure sev loved that uh, yeah. so <laughs> and eddie eddie had definitely had uh some really cool things to say he about did. um about Brody lee as well tonight and, and basically talked about how uh, you know, he's never gone as long as you remember him. And as long as you remember his teachings, he's never gone. And that's true. I mean, I've lost both my parents. You know, my, my dad passed away when I was eight years old, just like Brody Lee Jr. My dad was 38 when he passed away and I was eight years old, May 1994. Uh, my mom passed away when she was 45. I was in my early 20s. Like I, I've lost both of my parents at, at a really young age. And, and and I know how hard it can be. So um saying things like that to to someone that is you know eight years old I, I remember when like my teachers and things would would say that to me in high school especially my second grade teacher um man she helped me out so much through that miss Carano I'll, I'll I'll always owe her a, a debt of gratitude for that yeah you you, you do you rem- you remember the words and you remember who was there you know to kind of help you through these times because yeah it, it you know it, it's 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 very unfortunate um uh you know, the, the, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just unfortunate. We had another six man tag. We had the inner circle MJF Ortiz and Santana taken on the dark orders, Alex Reynolds and John Silver and hangman Adam page, the, uh, the good, the bad and the hungry as, as, as they're now known as, I mean, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely love this trio. Yeah. And honestly, I think this was the match of the night for me. This was a really, really good match. And the one that I think I enjoyed the most, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, man, they are just God, they are so good as a tag team. And Adam Page, you could definitely tell he was having a hard time staying like concentrating on the match. You could I mean, he definitely you could see he was choking up a bit, doing some things and. This this again, the the inner circle made the Dark Order look really good here. Ortiz and Santana did a great job. MJF being MJF, as we talked about a few minutes ago, still (laughs) being a heel, you know, flipping off his son, going out there and ripping his Dark Order mask off. But then his son taking the kendo stick and smacking him over the head like they just did some cool stuff, man, to really like help out the family because that's you you think about it and and that's really what's needed at this time again you know i i think back to when i was eight and when i lost my dad and how sad and focused i was on that at the at the time and like just getting out there and doing something like this fun takes your mind off of it and, and really helps out in the grieving process i saw a story online last week when they taped the christmas show so this may have been two weeks ago uh, it was I think it was on like the 17th or the 18th. But the story came out that uh, that Kenny Omega had, oh, you know, yeah. basically job to Brody Lee Jr. for the AEW title. And I, I think it's this story that really makes me avoid and ignore a majority of like comment sections, I guess, because people are just fucking dicks for the most part. And seeing like how they were before they knew why, but even still like why, who fucking cares, man? It wasn't shown on TV. Like it's just, even if Brody Lee wasn't sick and in the hospital, which we didn't know at the time, but they did, which is why they did that. But the fact that like, 
you know, when when Jessica and I went to a dynamite taping back in January um, before the pandemic started, they brought a kid into the ring after the show and they had him pid Cody and like Cody put up his boots. And that was something that they were doing back then. Every night after dynamite, they would bring some random kid in and be like, hey, have a match with Cody. If you win, you get his boots. And they gave him the, his boots and he went back into the crowd. That's just for like the, the in, you know, the crowd that's there. Feel good moment. Send everybody home happy for you to jump on a message board and complain about that. Or I, I've seen more recently since he passed away, people are jumping in like Instagram comments and Twitter comments and all over the place, pretty much like demanding to know what happened. Like, what was he sick from thinking that there's a cover up or a conspiracy or something like that? Fuck you is all I have to say. Like, I, I am so sick of people, man. I am so sick of people. Uh, yeah, because I, I believe his wife ended up uh, a, a message. got. She put posted out. something about it. Yeah, yeah, she did. And that's that's what they kept saying is like, and that's not COVID. what she needs to be dealing with. No, right now. she doesn't. No, she doesn't. She's she's got two kids to help get through this and she's got grieving of her own uh, to get through. Um, So, yeah, the that again, that's the bad thing with social media and stuff right is everybody has an opinion and they let it be known you know they they type and send without thinking yeah it's it's definitely unfortunate um this match though had a special guest appearance by eric redbeard formerly known as eric rowan over in wwe part of the bludgeon brothers with uh brody lee obviously part of the wyatt family with braun and bray you know they probably wanted to be there tonight, but they're still signed to contracts. They can't be there, but especially Bray. Bray posted, you know, some some really touching moments on on Instagram really and stuff. Instagram. Um, you mentioned how you would have loved like if he would have came out with the the Hawaiian gear on and the lantern and like there's just no way that's ever going to happen. But it would have been know, a cool man. moment. It would have been a really cool moment. It would have, you know, just because, uh, again, just taking away from everything that everybody has, has said, man, like just the positive messages that we're getting from just like everybody, man. It's like, it's just, it's so crazy. And then like, like before I got on, I kind of had to collect myself and, you know, me and my wife were tearing up and I just, I, you know, I was crying and I just, I was like, man, it's, it's crazy that I have these tears for somebody that I've never met. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it's like it's I, it's crazy. It's crazy. It I mean, um, it, it just it pr it proves what an awesome person he actually was, and you know how much we appreciated getting to watch him on a weekly basis on our on our TV screens. So, uh, it, it's definitely going to be a, a spot that is hard to fill in in the wrestling world and in our hearts. And man, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Uh, Eric Rowan's sign or Eric Redbeard. Jericho kept calling him Rowan, and they were trying so hard on commentary to correct him because yeah. they didn't want to say Eric Rowan. But who fucking cares? Uh, uh, <laughs> his sign said goodbye for now, my brother. See you down the road. And then she started like busting up crying him and John Silver in the middle of the yeah, ring. John Silver, John who Silver was, had to get picked up because he, he got the pinfall. He cut. You but know, then just the but then just busted out like crying yeah. afterwards. And that that really hit me hard because I'm a huge fan of, of John Silver. I, I think that dude is an absolute shining star. And the fact that the Dark Order and really Brody Lee elevated and they, and they talked about that, like really what he did for all of these guys, he elevated them to this spot on the card that 
they they probably wouldn't have been able to get to. Like you look at John Silver, you look at Alex Reynolds, those dudes were jobbers. And now they're like one of the hottest tag teams in AEW. And you look at like Anna Jay and, and everything that the Dark Order has done for her. And and we're actually going to talk about that match next because it was uh, Britt Baker and Penelope Ford taking on Anna Jay and take on T. Anna Jay looks like a veteran in there now. Like she has come so far since debuting without the Dark Order and then, you know, getting to be involved with the Dark Order and learning from all of those guys, learning from Brody. Like she she is really smooth in the ring now. And it, it definitely showed when she was in there against like, you know, Penelope Ford and Take on T who have a bit more experience in the business than she does. But she's already moving around and, and kind of sequencing to different moves more fluid than than they are. So it's really cool to see. Well, and I, again, I, I think this also speaks uh, volumes to Brody Lee's character because, you know, he, he's been uh, grinding it out trying to, you know, get that. Like uh, they uh, Jericho had said in the video package, you know, he was a main eventer, you know, and just nobody knew it. And he finally got that chance and he could have been selfish and he could have just taken that main event light and just worried about himself. But no, he took, you know, these group of people in and helped make them better and teach them, you know, things that they'll be able to carry on. And again, that's, you know, keeping on his legacy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anna Jay and Take on T obviously picking up the victory there. Anna Jay getting the pinfall uh, or I guess it was a submission to Penelope Ford. Uh, afterwards, Tony Schiavone coming down to interview Britt Baker. I, I like that they had Britt just kind of making inside jokes and references here to uh, to Brody Lee. Like it didn't make a whole lot of sense. No, the but big it did rig to the, it wink did, to the it, uh, it wink. did to the guys in the back. And that's yep. all that mattered. Yep. Like what, what she was saying didn't make sense to anybody probably watching at home, but it wasn't for us. So, no. you know, she she went out there and, you know, the the special nod to big rig. And I guess that's yeah. what everybody used to call him. Um, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. It was because it let Britt Baker be Britt Baker while also paying tribute. And I thought that yeah. was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and then they did the main event right away at 930. We we assumed that their reason why would be that there would be something after. But we had a negative one Brody Lee Jr.'s dream team of Cody Rhodes, Orange Cassidy and uh, Preston Vance, number 10 from the Dark Order taken on Team Taz, Brian Cage, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks, who was out there with Taz and Hook, who apparently is doing wrestling moves now. He's learning. Uh, this match was fun, and that's what it was designed to do. Like, again, it's just putting a smile on faces. I didn't like I, I, I was like, man, are they really going to let 10 get the victory? Because he's like, really, when you think about it, besides Alan Angels, you don't see these guys that often. Yeah. And and they did, man, they did. I And I loved it because, you know, it's it's first of all, one of, I guess, Brody Lee Jr.'s favorite wrestlers. I assume they probably talk a lot backstage him, especially him and Alan Angels as well, because Alan Angels was sitting next to him the entire night. So I'm assuming that's who he like kind of follows and shadows and hangs around with because I think back to when I was eight, he probably wasn't shadowing his dad that often. He probably was shadowing like Cody or oh, yeah. Darby or Orange Cassidy. Like he's not shadowing. No, I'm going to go shadow these guys. Not you, dad. Exactly. I see you all the time. Correct. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, for sure. So he, yeah, he had his favorites. These were his three yeah. favorites. Uh, yeah. You know, put together in a tag match. And it was really cool. Yeah. So that was cool to see that match. Um, Post-match after 10 picks up the victory. Uh, Darby shows up with a skateboard. Sting shows up with his snow and baseball bat and chasing down Team Taz once again. 
I'm I, I'm still I know we're not really talking storylines here, but but I'm still really curious because Sting is clearly staying involved in, in the Team Taz storyline. I, I still want to know what his first match is going to end up being in, in AEW. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe now it'll be a tag match with him and Darby taken on somebody i it guess that's a possibility feels like that. it does yeah feel like that yeah that's what jessica and i were kind of wondering tonight too after after they uh after they did that um and then like i said we still had about 15 minutes left so the wrestling was done now cody's still standing in the ring and they basically bring out uh amanda and brody's children his two sons um and then also Tony Khan was out there with the TNT title and they basically, you know, did the retirement of his boots, put him in the middle of the ring under the spotlight, put down his bandana and uh, basically dubbed him the greatest TNT champion that they've had since starting and announced Brody Lee Jr. as TNT champion for life and gave him a replica title of, of the TNT championship. So that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it was uh, that this is where it really got to me. Um, yeah, putting the boots in and, and, and giving his uh, his son uh the the replica belt was really cool um yeah i mean you could just you know and then his wife was uh you know she she was having a hard time keeping it together uh just like everybody sitting behind the tv uh and probably everybody in that locker room uh and everybody in the crowd it uh yeah it, it was a really uh great way uh to you know kind of end the show and then we you know we jump into that the tribute video um, just, it, it, yeah, it was just, uh, just the cherry on top, a great way to, um, a great way to end the night, a great way to really, you know, show what an awesome person he was, pay their respects and, and really just, you know, say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. It's, which uh, is all, which is always hard to do. Uh, I mean, it is, you know, when somebody's, you know, just again, 41 years old, just life is short. And, uh, uh, I, I just uh, actually kind of realized this, but I um, I actually saw his last appearance in WWE on like uh, uh, actual TV, not like a dark match or anything like that. I he was at uh, he was at Night of Champions in 2019. Him and Rowan showed up to help. I th- I can't remember if it was to help Braun Strowman. Is is that when the Bludgeon Brothers redebuted? I don't know because I don't think they ever after that they never. I think that was it. They never. Yeah, because he so so so, may, so maybe. Maybe this was the end of their I tenure think it was. as the Bludgeon I think Brothers. It was, maybe because yeah. I think he got released. But uh, I, uh, me and my wife were had were talking and uh, just during while we were watching, and we realized that yeah, we had watched his last WWE um, live in person because it was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we were there to watch it. So it was you know even though he was there for like two minutes, you know it was the last time that we saw him, you know, in his WWE thing. So I don't know, kind of kind of cool. I had a uh, I was actually thinking back this past weekend after he passed away. Um, one of my favorite moments from his career was back at and it's so stupid TLC 2014 uh I remember December 14th because it was in Cleveland much like you're saying it was in uh you know that one was in Charlotte this pay-per-view was in Cleveland at the Quicken Loans Arena now it's what is it the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse or some bullshit like that but it's the you know back when it was the queue still and uh that was the night where um he was defending the Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match against one of your favorites, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler, yes. I saw Dolph uh, Ziggler tweet about this. Oh, did he actually tweet about it? That's really cool. Um, he did. That match, it was the opening match of the pay-per-view, I remember. And I was like, and I remember looking at Jessica because we were there live. Uh, I was like, man, they're, they're really starting with this match. But that's because it was the best match on the show. And d- d- like, 
I, I was blown away with a dude of his size just putting on an amazing ladder match with Ziggler, who can sell anything. Let's let's Zig- be honest. All, exactly. Ziggler's at the top of the game when it, him. Uh, oh, man, there's so there's there's some good people that can sell. But I've always think I've always thought that Dolph Ziggler was was definitely at the top of being able to sell moves and make you look good. And that's what he did here with Luke Harper is he made him look incredible and this just this match was so much fun to watch live uh i I went back i don't have the ww network anymore so i had to find a version of tlc online from 2014 but i went back and actually watched this match um i might might have to do that i might yeah you you, you should check that out this was a good uh, a good ladder match and I, i think it's the one moment that stands out for me from his career. It's definitely not the highlight of his career, but it's the moment that stands out for me because I was there, but also because it was a really good ladder match. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's one thing that we get finally got to kind of see in AEW was, you know, him working uh, the single matches and, and really what he could do. And, uh, you know, it was cool that AEW, he was able to do that. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, with COVID um, because he was supposed to debut in his hometown for AEW and that would have been yep. a really cool fucking moment. Yep. Um, Rochester, but, I think it was. They were supposed uh, to be in Rochester that week when I uh, believe so. When when COVID broke out, and I don't know why I remember that, but I do. <laughs> well, because I think because we because we kept we um we were we doing the podcast at that no, time. No, that okay, was in March. So. so I think me, yeah, because we were wondering who's gonna who's you know gonna be because we were in Discord. You were you were already on the the LDG podcast. Her, by I the was time. yes, but yeah. we weren't we didn't do hit we our weren't music we yet. weren't doing hit our music or the media files yet. We but hadn't his started name was shows. the one that was rumored to be you know the right. Uh, the exalted one so we kept and then i kept hearing i was like oh they're gonna have him debut in rochester because it's his hometown and it's like holy crap that would have been cool but then yeah covid happened and everything started shutting down um so that that would have been a really cool uh moment to have ha- happened because it, it kind of it's unfortunate that he never really got to wrestle on AEW in front of like a in front of a uh, yeah yeah at least you know they they started bringing fans back toward the end but um man the pandemic certainly screwed everything up too so that that really sucks but that was the show. Like I said, we're not going to rank this one tonight. We're not going to give it a star rating because that's not what the show is about. It wasn't about rate. As they said, it's not about ratings. It's not about storylines tonight. It's not about anything else. The only thing it's about is paying respect and a tribute to Brody Lee, John Huber. I, uh, and, and they, and they did a really good news. job. Uh-oh. Got some breaking news, um, which is uh, and me and my wife are we're actually going to get on and go to pro. If you go to prowrestlingtees.com uh, and you buy any Brody Lee merch, all proceeds go towards the family. Yes, um, that is true. Wife, that they've been doing that the wife, past couple days, right? Yes, me and my wife are going to do that. We're going to get a Brody Lee shirt, and uh, CM Punk is also saying any uh, proceeds made for his uh, shop is going to go towards uh, the family of Brody Lee. So I really think. Oh, that's a look thing. at that new shirt! So holy yes, crap! Uh, less than thirty days. After Sting beat our record for most shirts sold within 24 hours, Mr. Brody Lee broke that record before the end of Dynamite after less than two hours. All proceeds from this shirt go to benefit the Huber family. Man, that's a cool shirt. It just it says uh, Exalted in Heaven 1979. That's a cool shirt. Yeah. So really cool thing they're gonna do. So yeah, if you if you're a fan of of, of wrestling, I'm gonna pick one up. Yeah, I'm gonna pick one up. Wife, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna buy some shirts. So I'm gonna uh, pick one Brody up. Lee shirts. I, I think oh yeah, yeah. I'll definitely pick one of these up uh, if I can afford to grab any others. 
I will see what I can. I don't think they're doing any sort of like, and even if they were, I wouldn't want to bundle them together. I would want all right. the proceeds to go. So yeah. uh, I'll see what I can afford and I will go, man, they have a ton of new Brody shirts. God, this is yeah. cool. Look at all these. Yeah. Well, I, that's why I was looking. I was looking the other day before I even knew this was going on. And I told it cause you know, we, we made a huge order for Christmas and uh, it, it's something this year we want to do is try to get a few more, you know, AW shirts throughout the year and not wait till Christmas. And I was like, you know, it'd be cool to grab a Brody Lee shirt. And then, uh, you know, I saw this, so it was really cool. Uh, you know, what looks like they have eight, one, five, eight new shirts, nine new shirts for him. Their, their marketing is just on point and and like their design is really cool for their stuff. Like you look at the designs for their t-shirts and the designs for like WWE t-shirts, whoever's designing the AEW t-shirts, man, they're doing, they're putting out some cool designs. I love the enlightenment revealed logo of that uh, one. Yes, I like that, that one. one. I like the bearded really cool. skull. The bearded yeah. skull is probably like one of my favorites. I can see you rocking that one with your oh, beard. Oh yeah, that's that's probably one I'm definitely getting. So. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, prowrestlingtees.com. Let's get everybody ordering more Brody shirts so that way we can just, you know, keep all the proceeds going to the family and I'm wondering because they did sign Brody Lee Jr. to a, uh, an actual contract. I'm curious if the reason they did that was that way they could still have, you know, like a a legal way of taking care of the family for now. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, uh, you know, Tony Khan, I, I think we'll, we'll make sure, you know. They, oh, they're going to honor the contract. They've already correct. said like, when no, he, no, when 100%. He turns 18, when he turns 18. The like he is the like he they're going to put him through the, you know, the, the regiment and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's what he wants to do is become a professional wrestler. So it's cool that he has his contract already in, in the back pocket. But I, I almost hoping this is a way for them to still help out Brody's family, because that's that's really what matters here now. Right. Is is they talked about it a lot during the night, how, you know, Brody was a family guy first. Like, you know, he would if he was scheduled to be out of there by five, he wanted to be out of there by five. So that way he could get home to his family. Yeah. And what he would want most is them to be taken care of. So it really seems like Tony Khan is going to make sure that happens. Yeah. And like I said, yeah, that was the thing, man. He showed up to work and he and he put it in. But when it was time to go home to, to go hang out with his family, you know, he wanted to go do that. And, uh, you know, I, I think about, um, you know, it's kind of unfortunate um, with with Cody Rhodes going to be coming a dad and John Moxley going to be coming a dad. It's it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, Brody Lee couldn't have conversations with them about, you know, fatherhood and stuff like that. It's uh, it have been really cool to kind of, you know. To hear about the stories of stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, Brody was a family guy, man. He loved his kids. Um, He loved what he did and he loved going home to his family. Yeah. And man, we're going to miss you, Brody. We're we're really going to miss seeing you in the ring. We're going to miss watching all of your antics on being the elite, watching so many comedic moments like just the, the paper, the, the, parody, man, the fucking paper, the, paper, the parody oh, of Vince McMahon there for a while. Like he was so good and he just knew how to entertain. And that's what a lot of people, you know, kind of kind of struggle with in, in wrestling is really being entertaining. But Brody Lee knew how to even even in WWE, like as, as Luke Harper it was still entertaining, like just always. And, and did you see uh, Cesaro tweeted out like there? It was like everyone always thought his shirts always probably smelled gross. I'm here to tell yes, you. And they, they weren't. They, they actually were clean. smelled delightful. Yeah. He's like yeah. they, he put a lot of work into making them look gross, but he they did. were not gross. So I, re- that, uh, I remember having conversations with my wife and we watched and we we're like, man, that shirt just that's got to be disgusting. So for Cesaro to come out and tweet that it was really cool. 
Um, yeah, I, I think it speaks volumes, you know, because he wasn't really in the, the main light a whole lot, you know, like, um, so I, I think it's, it's really cool that he had such a positive attitude, um, you know, no matter what his role was and, and seeing, uh, all these, uh, WWE wrestlers and stuff, uh, tweet out these photos of him and he's always like photo bombing and he's just got this big beard, but this big, huge fucking smile behind that beard. And I mean, the, the dude was just full of life. And, uh, I think, uh, the, the just speaks volumes of you know you seeing my twitter feed full of just all this stuff that every all these great things everybody's got to say man and it's just it, it's it, it's awesome i've been trying to retweet as many as i can so i i've definitely been really honing in and focusing in on those and, and really trying to you know just do my small part and and spread Correct. the love and, and, exactly. and spread the stories so yeah uh, yeah we're, we're we're really gonna miss brody we're, we're gonna miss you man and uh stuff stuff it is it is it's it sucks it sucks but we're gonna get out of here we're gonna close this show out again i'm not really doing the traditional stuff if you want to help us out if you want to support us you know what to do leveldowngames.com youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames twitch.tv forward slash leveldowngames twitch.tv forward slash crazed 11 k-r-a-i-z-d-1-1 you guys know where we're at. This isn't about us. This is about Brody. Um, and, and Dan, you have theme song of the week, and there's only one way to go. There is only one way to go. It, it is to tribute to the man. I know we're a small podcast with a small following, but uh, I, I think we did a, a you know, it, it was it was a good episode to do and talk about uh, Brody Lee. And uh, I've, I've it's it's been fun talking about, uh, you know, his, his journey through AEW. So, um, yeah, man, this uh, this this is for Brody. 